0: Before I talk about anything else, I need to post a retraction. In the last episode, I mentioned uh, various reasons why the stories didn't line up with regards to Helen replacing Rand. One of the things I mentioned was that Rand was on her way out. Or rather, that she wasn't on her way out, that she'd be in many episodes after this. That was uh, wrong. Straight up wrong. My statement is actually still true. The inclination towards ejecting her from the show hadn't happened yet, and in fact, that wouldn't happen until after this episode, but I was wrong about that, because she's only in two more episodes, counting this one. So that's a dark Paul, which I'll talk about in a minute. But um, this is when Gene Kuhn joined the show. Uh, This is also an episode that the BBC decided not to re-air, along with a weird list of episodes. Check this out. We've got Empath, that's the blind lady with the, the weird alien that makes you crazy. Uh, Whom Gods Destroy, that's the other psychiatric evaluation facility episode that I thought the previous one was. And Plato's Stepchildren, which I don't remember at all. And apparently the BBC was like, no, we're not showing these episodes, they're too horrible, for various reasons. It's like, okay, sure, of all things, why not? This episode was written by Adrian Spies, or Spies, I've heard it pronounced both ways, and it's the only episode he wrote, and this episode was rewritten by Karabatsos. Now, what's funny is, by several accounts, uh, the rewrite basically completely redid the dialogue and effectively removed Rand from being a main character, since this was supposed to be a Her episode. Also, the episode focused a lot on the romance between Rand and Kirk, and as you can see, that's basically not present in the finished product. In fact, it the episode as is kind of bounces around in a lot of weird ways. I'll get back to Rand at the end of this, uh, but I want to talk about... Hodkin's Law of Parallel Planetary Development. I don't remember if they actually ever mentioned that in the series at some point, but that's the in-universe explanation for the parallel worlds. Now, I've actually already talked about this, but I was was talking to a friend uh, just a few days ago, uh, Jesse Gender, and I was talking about the parallel worlds thing, and I wanted to quote it, and I couldn't actually find the exact quote because I'm a moron. Uh, I found the exact quote, and I'm going to share it here. The Parallel Worlds concept makes production practical by permitting action-adventure science fiction at a practical budget figure via the use of available Earth casting, sets, locations, costuming, and so on. As important, and perhaps even more so in many ways, the Parallel Worlds concept tends to keep the most imaginative stories within the general audience's frame of reference through such recognizable and identifiable casting, sets, and costume. The point I'm trying to make here is that the Parallel Worlds thing was part of the original pitch of Star Trek. It was part of the thing that was mentioned in order to get the show on the air to begin with. I don't know if it was a decision made out of pragmatism in order to get the show aired or a matter of uh, actual creative design. I'm just going to go ahead and say the whole Parallel Earth thing is really stupid. There are other ways in which you can do this kind of thing and make it make sense. Frankly, piece of the action is actually not exactly a bad example of trying to pull this kind of reuse of sets thing without pulling a parallel Earth. You'll notice, by the way, the parallel Earth thing is literally just an excuse. This is actually funny. Check this out. This episode has the shortest cold open in all of TOS. It's just over a minute. And it's like, oh my god. It's Earth! Da-da-da-da-da! Cut to credits. Now, Star Trek does this periodically, not actually super often. Early TNG did this a bit. Uh, They'll have a cold open, which is like, oh my god, it's such and such. And then that has nothing to do with the episode. It's just there to grab your attention and then to be ejected immediately, which is what they do here. Here's a parallel Earth, wow, and then it's never brought up again and has no relevance on anything. Because it doesn't. It's completely inconsequential, other than the fact that it's a parallel Earth, so they could use the existing sets, so they could save some money. Okay, cool. It's just, you see how irrelevant this is to the fiction? I mean, at least when they come up with Hitler thing, which is actually another weirdly good way to do that, and we'll discuss the quality of that episode when we get there, at least when they do that, there's a reasoning for it, unlike, say, the Omega Glory, which... But I'm getting off-topic. So they jump in, and they find out that this place has centuries of decay. Is this a Fallout 3 thing again? Is that where we're at? People not understanding how that works? We also find out later that there's actually been exactly three centuries of decay, of no-being, which is going to be really stupid for several reasons. So there's the tricycle, and what happens is probably the weirdest sequence of events I've ever seen And can I just say this whole episode kind of sucks? Can I just say that? Because it kind of sucks. It doesn't just aggravate me to the extent of being Lamentation-worthy, but I'd say this is one step up from Lamentation. Because a lot of things happen just because plot. Okay, so Kirk sees a tricycle, and he picks it up. Now, we could have had the guy attack right then, but no, what happens is he hands it off to Spock, who looks at it and says, why'd you hand this to me? And hands it to McCoy, who then plays with it for several seconds before finally the guy shows up and is like, mine! So they could find out about the disease. Okay. What? Then they run off for no reason. I mean, I know they heard a noise, but they just run off in a direction like... What's going on? Everyone, follow me. Quick, quick, action, action. And then they hear the door close, and notice it actually happened earlier. And they're like, oh my god, we got to run for the door. Run for the door, run for the door. By the way, this planet is a really bad example of uh, every planet is a town, which is something Star Wars has problems with, too. They beam down to what is effectively a, not even a city block. My apartment complex is literally larger than the area they cover in this episode. Now, if you don't understand how minusculely tiny that is, I want you to imagine that your place and maybe, maybe a square mile around you is where aliens visit, and just there and nowhere else. And it it becomes more of... I know, I know, they have limitations of set and and budget and all that fun stuff, but it gets a little bit weird how they don't even mention the rest of the planet or the rest of the people who might be in other places on the rest of the planet. They, they, They mention nothing. It's just... There's this one spot, and that's where all the kids are. Uh, Is this the only town that has survivors of the entire world? Maybe that's how they had food for three centuries. Yeah, by the way, it's a plot point that they're running out of food. I, We could do, I'd say, two hoops to explain this one, but how the hell have they successfully managed to continue to have food from kids who, are, it's very, very clearly stated, do not have the ability to take care of themselves for three centuries? Is their metabolism just that slow? I mean, I don't freaking know. Uh, so, and of course the food would have to be preserved for three centuries. I know we like to make fun of Twinkies, but no, Twinkies would go bad in, inside of a year. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember the exact... Someone actually did the math on how long a Twinkie would last because of the, the myth about that. and It's not long. It's 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 cake and sugar, guys. It, it's not going to last. Anyway, so we then find out that Starfleet has always had terrible uh, gun discipline because the guy just has his gun out and casually points it at Spock and points it at the other guard and it's just, yep, yeah, nope. What well, it's the safety's on what <laughs> so then we find out about the disease we find out it gets it's only grow-ups uh, we find out about the light so maybe the point of the the episodes to have the mystery of what happened here that's that's a good hook right no it's solved before the halfway mark it's the life prolong uh, what prolongation effect okay well maybe there's the mystery of what's going on with the kids nope immediately after the commercial break that answer is solved so there's no mystery left whatsoever okay. McCoy then says, how do they keep their line going? Which is a really stupid question. Because it's obvious based on what they already know at this point that these kids are the same kids from three centuries ago. There's no new people. The the species is dead, effectively. But then they decide to make Miri be crushing on Kirk. <sighs> you ever play Fire Emblem? Because that's what we got here. We got a 300-year-old teenager who is crushing on an older, younger guy. I suppose I don't really blame them for it. It's just, it's a weird thing to include and frankly has no real purpose to be in the story other than to have her very temporarily sell out the group in order to get Janice kidnapped, even though there was no reason to have her do that, so it's another unnecessary plot point. By the way, for the hell of it, I looked it up. The actress who plays her is actually 19 years and one month old as of filming this. They tried to use uh, makeup and clothing to make her look younger. Anyways, so, okay, then we have John. Jan, I don't even remember how they pronounce it, I don't care. You remember him? The the leader of the group, the guy who ends up murdering Miri and causing a ton of havoc with a cloaking device in that book. You know the one I've talked about, right? Uh, yeah, he's played by someone who's 27. (laughs) just... And you know what? I'd make fun, but honestly, I'd prefer that than the kid actors, who are terrible. Now, I know what you're thinking. Laura, they're kid actors. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You had the decision to include children actors here. This was your call. You could have not. Instead, they're irritating. And I don't have anything else to say about them. Every scene they're in irritated me. In fact, there's this bit where Kirk desperately is trying to speechify in order to tell them how much he wants to save them. And it's absolutely destroyed, because no matter how hard Shatner tries, his lines are actually stupid-sounding, and he's doing it to a bunch of kids who constantly irritate at him back. So the whole thing just falls completely flat for me. (sighs) This is when we find out there's no food, and Rand gets her big scene. I hope you enjoyed that. Look at my legs. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Um... This is when the Miri just does the thing, the kids play teacher, and there's the scene that just drags on. This is funny. Check this out. Sponk prepares a dosage of the vaccine. Puts it down. And then says, I'm going to go check on the captain. And then leaves McCoy alone with the vaccine, knowing they're running out of time. I know this is unintentional, but come on. You can't tell me Spock didn't do that on purpose, knowing McCoy. Still, that isn't the intent. The intent is that McCoy just decided in a moment of desperation to just take the vaccine, and it happened to work, and so they happened to work out. A good thing they got those communicators back, because that was completely unnecessary for resolving the tension of the episode. I had one uh, commenter, this is forever ago, mention... It You know, it, why even do the communicators thing? And someone else responded, well, if they got had their communicators, the episode would be much shorter. First of all, that'd probably be a good thing. But second of all, they don't actually steal the communicators until, like, the two-thirds part of the episode. Well into it. There's plenty of space you could have filled that there with him trying to convince the kids to actually work with them and have the whole speech, which is dumb, but you can still have the speech there, and them trying to hammer out the thing, and then they get the vaccine. It, basically, the removing of the communicators barely changes the episode, is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, so they solve the communicator thing. They solved the vaccine thing. They're going to send people to actually take care of them. Sure. The end. Oh, God. This episode was rough to sit through. On August 26th of this year, uh, which I believe is 1966, Grace Whitney uh, was approached and sexually assaulted by someone she identifies as the executive in one of the post parties during filming of this episode. She would then appear in Conscience of the King, which I believe is the next episode. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the list. And that's it. And then she was... Now, this this is really interesting, because I have seen from multiple sources a confirmation of this point, and this is important. She was fired. She didn't leave she wasn't you know, you know she didn't decide i'm getting the hell out of here she they fired her ass over that i don't have anything to add to that that i haven't already mentioned i hate to keep bringing it up it's just it's it's, it's the show it keeps coming up what do you want from me <sighs> so that's nice a nice paul to leave on an otherwise uninteresting and blah episode now okay this, so this is probably really short rumination and and this is one step off of a lamentation so Laura, you got to give me something and it's like okay how would you do it let me ask that first you have to use parallel earths and let's say the the, the core elements of the story have to be there so parallel earths disease age related disease go okay Now, first and foremost, the first thing I would do is I would nix the three centuries thing. I know that that sounds like something I say a lot, but honestly, the three centuries thing is nonsense. Make it three years. Three years of surviving off of rations and what food they could scavenge, and three years of kids who barely know what they're doing. Okay. Also, three years would be... Basically, it would be setting it earlier in the overall problem. The idea being that they could live to be three centuries, if they didn't run out of food which would obviously be an issue but in addendum to that there's also the idea that there's some kids out there who are probably hunting and gathering and you know maybe society might actually build itself up again except for the fact that every time a kid crosses over into puberty they immediately get get hyper metabolized and die within this this, the course of about six weeks so their society is effectively doomed because they literally can't procreate. And every time one of them crosses an age boundary, they die kind of like a malicious Logan's run. Okay, So we've got that setup going. We've got the time variance going. Um, I would eject more of the kids and just focus on some of the children that are played by actual actors, like Miri and John, for example, and have John be someone who maybe is mentioned to be connected to some of the other kids, like he's looked up to as a leader. But the truth is that You know, he is just as lost and confused as the rest of them. In fact, more so because he's starting to enter puberty, and so he's starting to have the emotional instability, which leads him to basically be the equivalent of a mad dictator. Uh, And then toss in something about Miri, who effectively bowed out of that because she didn't want to have anything to do with it. And as she did show, she founds out about the things, and so she put herself into self-isolation in order to insist that no one else be able to go through with her. Then the crew come down and they're like, "Oh my gosh, it's a parallel Earth. This is so weird." But I I I got nothing on that. If I'm being completely honest, some of the books have tried to explain away the parallel Earths stuff. Uh, one of them mentioned I actually looked this up. One of them mentioned that this was actually supposed to be from another dimension and it accidentally gets shifted here. Whoops! So this was another dimension's Earth. Uh, one of them mentioned something about this place being like specifically carved. That is to say, crafted to be this by the preservers. So, you know, woo. I got nothing. It's a dumb idea, no matter how I look at it. So I just look at that and go, wow, that's ridiculous. So how would I change it? Oh, that's easy. I'd get rid of the parallel Earth thing entirely. Just make it Earth-like. Seriously, just make it Earth-like. Just make it a temperate, uh, what do they call it, a continental world, Right? You know, middle, middle of the grid, right? Just right there in the middle, of, you know, good for sustaining life and have them go down and there's similar looking buildings and comment on them and then move on. There's no need to make this place have the North American continent clearly and demonstrably and then have it have no relevance to anything. You could even add in a thing about maybe the people here were colonists because we know how colonist-happy the Federation are. The Federation is so colonist-happy they were colonizing before there was a Federation, for God's sakes. So, you know, okay, so it's an old colony and it's been here and they established this thing and that's why the Enterprise is here. They're not here because they picked up a random SOS, an Earth signal. They're here because, hey, they happened to, to be here to check up on the colony. Oh, everyone's dead, Right. So there you go. A little restructuring, get rid of the parallel earth thing, uh, but still maintain the budget concerns of having the old sets. Eject some of the kid actors, which will also bring the cost down a little bit and restructure the story a little bit to make it smoother. There you go. There's my answer. Still not what I would call a good episode, but under the limitations, that's what I got. What have you got? I am, as always, looking forward to hearing your comments. I'll see you guys next time.